Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. It is so good to be here today in Norwalk, amen, Apostolic Lighthouse, and uh, i preached here many times before, but every time I come back, it's just the same wonderful spirit that I feel, a family of God. I feel like I know you all very well already, amen, and uh, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. This is an awesome church, and just... Amen. I can't say enough good things about your pastor, pastor's wife, their family. <clears throat> they always, always treat me well, better than I deserve, better than I deserve for sure. Um, they love me and I love them and uh, it's a great, great relationship. Amen. That's been going for since the 80s. <laughs> so <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But it is my privilege to be here and to preach the Word of God. Amen. I take it very seriously. And I know that uh, souls are weighing in the balance. Amen. That this is serious work. And uh, amen. I believe God's going to do some great things today. He's going to move. He's going to speak into your life i believe that some people will gain clarity today amen maybe they've been in a fog maybe you've uh, don't quite understand what's going on right now in your life in the world whatever the case may be i believe in my heart that someone will get some clarity they'll start to see the picture a little more clearly they'll start to see what god is doing a little more clearly and that'll give you hope amen to wake up the next day and take on the world and to say, you know what, I've got this. God's got this. Yes, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Praise God. Praise God. So that's what I'm believing. That's what I am Amen. believing you, God to do today. If you have your Bible, turn to the uh, 25th Psalm. Amen. Psalm 25, verse 4. Amen. And then we're also going to go to James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, and then 1 Peter uh, 1, 6 through 8. So Psalm 25, 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Everyone say, teach me. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation on thee do I wait what do I wait all the day amen amen James 1 2 through 4 brethren count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing amen, amen. James says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials. He sounds a little crazy, but amen. We'll take him at his word. We'll see what happens. Amen. First Peter chapter one, verses six through six through eight. 
In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, that you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, amen, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Amen. Amen. King James says, joy unspeakable. Hallelujah. Amen. So much joy, such powerful joy that you can't even speak it out. Hallelujah. Amen. And so today I'm going to preach, teach, however it comes out. Amen. We'll let the Lord just have his way. Amen. Kingdom University, that's the subject today, Kingdom University. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to be with us today. God, we love you, Jesus. We thank you so much, God, that we can be in your presence, Lord, that we can know that you're here with us, God. God, I pray in Jesus' name, just have your way in every heart, every soul, every mind that is here today, God. Help us, Lord, to grasp and understand and gain clarity, Lord, what you're doing today, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. You could be seated. Amen. Amen. I'm going to start today by posing a question to you and Maybe you can think about it as I'm talking. Why do most people hate school? (laughs) Why do most people hate school? And I think this is pretty apropos. This is graduation season. People are graduating, and I saw a graduation party across the street. That's probably why there's no parking. Thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) People are graduating. Praise God. Amen. But in a nationwide survey of 21,678 U.S. high school students, researchers from Yale Center of Emotional Intelligence and the Yale Child Study Center found that nearly 75% of students self-reported feelings related to school were negative. That means they just had negative feelings about school. This, was, uh, this uh, study was done several years ago, but I'm sure it was like this in the 80s when I went to high school. I'm sure, amen, when, whenever you went to high school, it was the same way, amen, because that's how a lot of people feel, amen, about school. So why do you, so many people hate school? Well, there's different reasons, amen, that people could hate school. It's difficult. Some people find it very difficult school uh, and stressful, right? The tests and the studying and always having demands on them every day, going to six, seven classes, five, six, seven classes and having to like switch gears and learn this and learn that. And so it's difficult sometimes for people. Also, it's a slow process, right? We live in a generation where we want things now. We want it yesterday. We want faster and faster computers, faster and faster cars. Amen. We want our electric vehicle to charge faster and last longer. So we want things now. Amen. But 
School is a fairly slow process. It takes years and years and years of study, and then all of a sudden you graduate, and so it just doesn't happen fast enough for some people. Amen. And some people probably claim to be bored or tired at school. Why do I have to get up at 7 and go to school at 8 and it's so boring, it's so dry, I, I don't, I'm not excited about it, I'm not engaged with whatever's being taught, I'm not engaged with my fellow students, or I'm not engaged with the teacher and what they're saying, and so they get bored. Some people feel it's a waste of time, I've, I've heard my kids say that, actually Andrew, um, <laughs> don't tell them I said this. Amen. It's his fault for not coming today. Amen. <laughs> He's like, am I really going to use calculus in whatever I do? I'm like, no, you probably won't, but you still need to learn it. You need to do the best you can. Amen. And so some people feel like it's a waste of time. What they're learning does not correlate to what they'll be doing the rest of their life, right? And so they're like, why? This is stupid, it's a waste of time, and I'm sure a lot of kids feel the same way. There's also social aspects of school that people have problems with. It's supposed to be a great time in your life to get to know friends and people of different backgrounds, but some people are maybe socially awkward or don't fit in or don't have a clique to, to join or whatever, and so there's problems fitting in in the social aspect of school. But those are the primary things that cause people to hate school and I've found that you can actually dislike school but love education or love to learn but you don't for some reason you don't like going to school but actually from my perspective and in my life amen I really 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 liked school <laughs> Amen. you can ask my mom and my sister I I guess I was a nerd right um <laughs> But I loved everything about high school. It was like some of the best times of, of my life that I could think about. Actually, it's when I got saved, when I was a sophomore, going into my soft, sophomore year at high school, and God saved me and turned me around and, and uh, set me in the right direction and forgave my sins, and all of a sudden, life became brand new. And so maybe that's why I have such fond memories of high school but there's other other things i really enjoyed learning i was super engaged with my teachers there were some that i loved to argue with you know because they were either atheist or they were just jerks or whatever <laughs> and uh but you know i like to take on that that challenge and there were fellow students that liked to learn also i guess i got in a, within a group of nerds and uh, so we love to study together and stay up late and do reports and different things. So I like the friendships at school, too. I, I started really just branching out. I started, like, uh, just becoming alive as far as my social networking and, and, you know, just having friends, close relationships and really clicking with people. Um, I didn't really have a girlfriend at that time. So that was probably good, amen, that I didn't. Amen. So the friendship aspect was great. And, I, and honestly, uh, my freshman year, I just started figuring it out. I don't know what it was. It's not like I was like the greatest student, you know, up to that point. I really wasn't. I was above average for sure. I'd get A's and B's. 
But all of a sudden in high school, it just clicked and everything was just like, I was getting A's in all of my classes. I was, it was just, I don't know what it was. It just clicked. And so I, I felt like I figured it out. I felt like I knew how to do it and to get good grades. And so I was happy. I was really happy. Amen. But that really changed when I got to college. I graduated uh, with like highest honors in high school. This isn't just a brag fest. We're going somewhere. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Sounds like it. <laughs> really, I'm not like this. Um, <laughs> but I did have highest honors. Um, so. But, uh, so I went to UC Irvine. I commuted to school. And, um, you know, things were different when I got there. Um, it was a lot harder, <laughs> to tell you the truth. So I remember in my, during my freshman year at, at uh, UC Irvine, I had a bad experience in my history class, and history was like my favorite uh, subject at high, in high school. I did really well uh, in history, especially U.S. history, but all types of history. I just loved it, loved to learn about the past and the people and the things they did and things like that. So uh, there was a reading assignment. I think it was on the Communist Manifesto or something like that. Um, this was years ago, and I, I was supposed to read it, and then I ha was supposed to take another book, which I can't remember, and the midterm test was to compare and contrast the two. I think one was about capitalism, one was about communism, so something like that. And so I did my normal thing that I did in high school, waited until the last minute, <laughs> <laughs> like a few days before, and then I started getting serious, like, oh, yeah, I need to do this thing, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, I really need to do it. So, you know, you start to focus, and you start to get, you know, you just start to dig in, and I was like, yes, I'm on it. I'm going to speed read these books. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to look up the cliff notes. I'm going to go to the <laughs> bookstore, get the cliff notes, and just really try to understand it all really well. And then I would uh, write my paper. And so I turned it in. I thought I did good, you know. And uh, I was horrified when I got my paper back, and there was a big, fat D on it. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> What was worse than the D was there was a note from the teacher, like right to me, and it was, it's obvious you did not read the material. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crushed. I was cru <laughs> I was dejected. And the thing is, is at that point, it was a wake-up call to me to say, hey, what you used to do in high school you can't do anymore. I had to readjust and figure things out all over again because I graduated high school and now I was at that next level. Those things that used to work in the past, they didn't work now. I had to adjust, I had to change, I had to take those next steps, learn a little differently, learn better, that type of thing. And eventually I did. Amen, but it definitely wasn't high school, that's for sure. And I didn't get straight A's in college, so, so the Lord humbled me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, I needed that. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you boil it down to what we don't like about school from an academic standpoint, 
It's the tests, right? Who likes taking tests? People get nervous. Even going to the DMV and taking your test, I'm like, I better pass this. This is stupid, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why do I have to know these dumb rules, right? So, but, you know, you just don't like tests. Yeah, and class may be boring, amen, but you know what? If you pass all the tests and you get A's in the class, Amen, it's not that bad, right? I think people just don't like failing. <laughs> they don't like getting C's, D's, and F's or whatever. Or maybe they're grateful for a C. Amen. And so, uh, you know, if you're guaranteed straight A's, right, it would be bearable. You'd almost like going to school. Uh, and so what's preventing us from getting those A's? And for the most part, it's the tests. Who likes tests? Does anyone like tests? Amen. Not very many people. You see, the method used to measure what if we've learned something is tests. That's how we understand. Do we really understand? Do, did we really learn what the teacher was teaching? What can we gain from being tested? Have you learned something from the teacher? Do you remember what you learned. A lot of times you may study and cram and you may do well on the test, but you don't remember anything the next day, right? Can you apply what you've learned? You may learn certain formulas or whatever, but can you apply them to real life scenarios? Are there gaps in your understanding? Yeah, you may understand these things, but you're having a hard time over here. <coughs> And the final thing is, you, should you move on to higher levels of understanding? That's what tests do. They give you this understanding. So they are beneficial, right? And some tests are better than others. Yeah. Some tests you may understand the, the subject very well, but the test maybe was difficult to understand, and so you didn't do good. So it doesn't truly reflect your under, understanding of the subject. But that aside, in general, tests usually are beneficial to us because they allow us to understand what we've learned so that we can get to that next level. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so that's from a secular, uh, worldly standpoint, tests. But for some people, when they're saved, they really don't know what they're getting into. They don't know what they're get, getting themselves into when they enter the kingdom of God, when they're born again of the water and of the spirit. They see all the benefits. They see all the awesome things, right? Amen. I get forgiveness of sins. I get healing. I get joy, I, unspeakable and full of glory. I get peace that passes all understanding. Amen. I get this awesome family and support system that really love me. They don't just say they love me. No, they're there for me. They're praying for me. They'll be there through the tough times, right? So there's all these benefits and awesome things that come with living for God and being saved. Amen. But we don't quite understand that the tests and the trials are going to come. Amen. How do I know that? Because some people... I've seen many people through the years just drop out, right? Maybe they came, they got the Holy Ghost, they got saved, they're going for a little while, and all of a sudden, boom, I'm out, right? We've seen people throw up their hands and say, sorry, God, this ain't for me. For those of you who hated school, I hate to scare you all, but I've got a dirty little secret that you need to know about. Amen. When it comes to the kingdom of God, school never ends. 
when it comes to living for God, you don't graduate. <laughs> There's no graduation party like across the street. They're all happy. <laughs> right? Amen. It never ends. Wait a minute. So God, you mean I have to learn stuff? Yeah. That's why pastor teaches on Sunday and preaches the word of God because we got to learn stuff. <laughs> Amen. You mean I have to actually grow? Amen. I have to actually grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Yes. You mean I have to apply the things I'm learning at church from the Word of God? I have to apply those things to my life? Yes, please apply them. <laughs> apply them to your life. If not, then it's just for nothing. Right. Right. Amen. Are you saying that I have to keep learning and growing for the rest of my life? Yes. Wait a second. There are tests. Am I going to actually be tested on what I learn? You will. Amen. Are those tests going to hurt? Am I going to have to suffer loss? Am I going to be persecuted, talked about, mocked? Yes. Amen. But God, after a few years, I get to graduate, right? No more learning, no more tests? No. Amen. I have to keep learning stuff and be tested until I die. Amen. And so some people say, forget this. <laughs> I'm out. I thought this was the easy life. I thought living for God was easy. What happened to come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, learn of me and I will give you rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What happened to that? Amen. We'll get to that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Here's the deal. Anything worth doing ain't easy. Anything worth doing ain't easy. Jesus came to teach. Mark 6, 5 through 6 says, And he could do no mighty work, and there he could do no mighty work, save that he laid hands on a few sick folk and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around the villages teaching. Jesus was the greatest teacher to ever walk this earth. Amen. Why do you think his disciples called him rabbi? Why do you think they called him teacher? Because that was his mission. He was a teacher. That was his profession. That was his commission. I am, am going to teach these people the truth, the word of God. Amen. Also, the Holy Ghost is going to teach you. John 14, 26 says, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit living inside of us will also teach us. Amen. Especially right when we need it the most. Amen. It's a, he said, I'll give you the words to speak. I'm going to teach you what to do in those situations. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Teaching is important. Learning is important for children of God. Hallelujah. And, and we're supposed to teach each other. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Get this. Teaching and admonishing one another 
in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Praise God. But how can you teach if you've never learned? How, if we're supposed to teach each other, amen, if we're supposed to help each other grow and learn, how can we teach if we've never learned? How do you know you've learned if you've never been tested? Right? Amen. And how can you have a testimony unless you pass the test? How can you have a testimony unless you've passed the test? You're on the other side. I've made it. Hallelujah. I'm healed. I am. <laughs> I'm healed. I've got a testimony. Amen. And once you have a testimony, you can teach. Right? Someone who's going through a cancer battle, you can go to them and say, I've been where you've been. I know what you're feeling because I've been through that. Hallelujah. Hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister. God's on his way. He loves you. You've got a testimony. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And of course, God gave us the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers, amen, to teach us, amen, for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, amen. In life, you're either learning or you're being tested. That's it. You're either learning or you're being tested. So guess what? Hallelujah. If you're in the midst of a trial today, if you're being tested today, and you're weak in your faith, and you're saying, God, why do I have to go through this storm? Hallelujah. Just remember, this is your opportunity to get to the next level. Hallelujah. This is your opportunity to get to that next level. Amen. you got to make it through this test. you got to make it through this trial. Because if you do, you're going to come out on the other side at a higher level than when you started. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And if you're not in a trial today, this is your opportunity to learn at the feet of Jesus. Amen, like Mary of Bethany. Amen, Martha was going nuts, right? She was cleaning up, she was getting food out for everyone to eat, and the disciples were there, and Jesus was there, and Lazarus was there, and Mary, amen, and everyone's just like, talking and having a good time and martha being the great hostess that she is amen it's just like going to town <laughs> right with hors d'oeuvres and flatbread and, and hummus <laughs> right and she's just like working herself to the bone right her fingers to the bone and all of a sudden she noticed that mary is sitting at the feet of jesus just listening and just like learning from Jesus. And she's like, am I the only person here that cares about everyone being fed? <laughs> right? And so he's like, she's like, Master, can't you have Mary help me? You know? And Jesus said, no, this is her time of learning. This, she needs this. She's doing the right thing. Amen. 
Because there is a time when we need to sit at the feet of Jesus and just learn. Just sit down and be quiet and listen to the Master's voice. Hallelujah. Because there's going to come a time, amen, where you're not going to hear the teacher anymore because you're going through the tests. You notice when you're, when you're in a test or when you're testing, right, the teacher's silent, just looking around, walking around, making you nervous, <laughs> right? You're like, uh, I think it's B because I don't know. <laughs> Right? And sometimes when you're in the trial, you're saying, God, where are you? Why can't I hear your voice? God, what's going on? I'm in the test of my life. It's because before the test, you were listening to Jesus. He was doing the talking. Amen. And now you're in the test. And now you're living through the test and the trial that he's given you to pass. Hallelujah. And he's seeing how you're going to respond. He's seen how you're going to react. Hallelujah. Yeah, he'll come. He'll be there. Don't worry. Jesus is there. He's watching you. He's right there. Amen. But sometimes he stays silent because you're in a test. And he needs to. That's your time. That is your time for trial. Hallelujah. Abraham was uh, tested throughout his life. You can just read about it in Genesis. Just a fascinating fascinating story uh, of G- of Abraham amen but there was a final exam type of test that he had to go through in Genesis chapter 22 verses 1 through 18 and we'll go through it amen amen now now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said Abraham and he said here I am and he said Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Amen. This is the test. This is the test, right? Up to this point, there was small tests, tests of faith, saying, I want you to go to this land, and he went and he was obedient. Sometimes he passed. Sometimes he failed. Sometimes he had to take the test again, right, when he was lying about Sarah being his sister. And it was his half-sister, but it was also his wife. That's a whole other story. You don't even want to think about that. But um, so he passed the tests that were up to this point. Amen. But this was the test. And Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and rose went to the place which God had told him then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said said to the young men stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go up yonder to worship and we will come back to you and Abraham took the wood the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac and he took the fire with his hand and the knife and the Two of them went together, and Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, son. And he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, Son, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Hallelujah. God will provide. 
That's what Abraham said, son, God will provide a sacrifice. Everything that God showed and taught Abraham was on display right there and then. That faith that was built over time. Hallelujah. I don't understand, God, why you're sending me to this land. I don't understand, God, this and that through his trials and temptations. Amen. But now he, he got to the point where he said, you know what? God will provide. We don't understand all the time what God is doing. We don't understand what he's doing in our life. We don't understand why he's asking us to do what he's asking us to do. But God will provide. Amen. This is Ph.D. level stuff. Amen. He got his. He graduated from kindergarten and all the way up through high school, and he even got his master's some point along the way. But this is PhD level stuff. Amen. Then they came to the place where God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abram stretched his hand out and took his knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called to him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and there was behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place, um, the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said that day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Abraham passed the test. Abraham passed the test. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham the second time out of heaven, and he said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing will I bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the, the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, and in your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. That is the promise. That is the promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember the promise as you're going through the trial, as you're going through the test, remember the promise that God has promised you. It's still going to happen. God's blessings are on their way. Hallelujah. You may not see them right now. I said you may not see your healing right now, but God's blessings are on the way. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's love him right now. He's giving someone clarity right now in their life. He's speaking to your heart right now. Now you're saying, I understand now. I understand what God's doing in my life. Hallelujah. He's trying to get me to that next level so that he can bless me, so that he can give me his promise. Hallelujah. 
Amen. But for those of you who haven't gotten clarity yet, you may be saying all of that is fine and good for Abraham. Amen. He was a father of the faithful. He's a patriarch. He's a hero of the faith. Who am I? What about me? Why is God testing me? Why do I have to go through this trial? Amen. Look at it this way. God won't give you a test that not, you're not ready to pass. God won't give you a test until you're ready to pass it. Let's take a look at 1 Corinthians 10.13. Amen. No temptation is overtaking you except something common to mankind. And God is faithful. So he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that you are able. But with the temptation will provide a way of escape. So that you will be able to endure it. Amen. Amen. What can we take from the scripture? What can we glean from the scripture? Number one, we're all tested from time to time. All mankind, all humans, amen, are tested. Every one of us. Number two, God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful, which means he won't allow you to be tested above your abilities. Amen. Above what you've already learned. Amen. He will make sure you can pass the test. Because he's already been doing the teaching. He's already been doing the preaching. You've, he's already been giving you revelations in your life. Hallelujah. He feels like you're ready for the test. Amen. Number three, God has a way out of your trial. He has a way of escape. And you know what? Sometimes we think of escape as an escape hatch. Like the pressure's building so so high and like I can't take it anymore. God... Where's the escape hatch? I just need out of this thing, right? Amen. He will provide a way out of your trial, but it's not what you think. Number four, enduring is the path out of your trial. Enduring. Everyone say enduring. enduring. It's not a quick fix. He's not here to give you a pop quiz. He's not to say, okay, you did it. Let's get out. Boom. No, sometimes it takes endurance to pass the test by simply making it out on the other side amen he'll make a way of escape but you've got to just keep hanging on you've just to keep holding on to his hand hallelujah amen. he's got you i said he's got you yes. just keep hanging on amen there is light at the end of the tunnel just keep moving forward now let's take a look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing is happening to you. Amen. Don't think it's strange that you're going through a trial, but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed you may be glad with exceeding joy. When you come out on the other side of your test, your trial, God's glory shall be revealed in you, and you will have exceeding joy. Thank you, Jesus. you will have exceeding joy. Thank you, Amen. Thank you, Amen. When you come out on the other side, your test will be converted to a testimony. And this is what does it. It's what you've learned. That's what converts your test into a testimony. 
Amen. It can't be a testimony if you haven't learned anything. If you, if you still go back to the same old sins, if you still go back to the same old habits, amen, that, those paths of destruction that lead you down, 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 right? That's not passing the test. That's not a testimony. That's an untestimony. <laughs> That's a reverse testimony. But when you pass the test, it's what you've learned. It's what you've learned that makes the testimony because what you've learned can be passed on to someone else, right? right? Yeah. Amen. Here's some of the things that we learn through our tests and trials. God is faithful. Yes. God is good yes. all the time. Yes. Amen. God is good all the, time. all the time. You learn I can trust God. Yes. I can trust God. I have faith that cannot be shaken. When you come out on the other side, you're like, yeah, I got it. I got the faith that can't be shaken. You also learn that the devil is a liar, right? We should know that already, but you know after a trial. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This is what you learn through a trial. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I do have patience. I can love my enemies. Mm, that's a hard one, right? Mm -hmm. But after the trial, you're like, I guess I can. <laughs> I guess I can love my enemies. I don't know how God did it, but he did it. I learned that giving up is not an option. I learned that when I'm weak, he is strong. I learned that I can face my past mistakes. Some of us have such a hard time doing that. But when you've come out on the other side, you can say, yeah, I faced them and I conquered them Thank in Jesus name. Amen. You learn I am valued and loved by God. Yes. Some of us have such a, a bad view of ourselves. We can't forgive ourselves. We have self-hatred, self-loathing. But when you come through the trial, you say, I am loved by God and I am valued by God. And I can learn to love myself. I'm sure there are a million other things you can learn from a trial. But guess what? Your trial doesn't teach you those things. They reveal those things. Doesn't, the teaching comes before, right? Through the word of God, through preaching. And you're receiving it. You're listening to it. You're growing. And you don't realize you're growing. You don't realize you're learning until the trial. The trial hits and all of a sudden you're on your knees. The trial hits and all of a sudden your faith, you've got to have faith or else you won't make it. And then all of a sudden you pass the trial and you're like, I guess I did have that faith. I guess I did have that strength. Amen. I guess God is faithful. Hallelujah. You, the trial reveals those things that were already there, that were already true. Amen. You are taught before the trial. You learn before the test by studying the word of God, by listening and receiving preaching and teaching, by allowing the Holy Ghost to teach you, by ministering uh, to others by teaching others and being ministered to by others amen then after you learn the lesson and pass the test 
both you and God can say, now I know. Right? Just like Abraham. Now I know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, Amen. Yes. Now I've got a testimony. Praise. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we don't like the test. We don't like the trial. We don't like the feeling of it. We don't like the ugliness of it. We don't like the nervousness of it. But it's got to happen. Not only has it got to happen, but it's going to happen again later. And it's going to happen again later. It's a different test. A different trial. Amen. But you will be tested again and again. But that's okay. It's a part of life. It's a part of living for God. Because ultimately, there will be a graduation. When we see Jesus face to face. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> no more tests. No more trials. No more tribulations. Amen. That's where my dad is right now. Amen. He's relaxing. He's not suffering. He's not going through all the pains of this world because he made it to glory. Hallelujah. Amen. And we can too. Just like we sang about, amen, at the beginning of this service, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Hallelujah. That is the ultimate graduation. Amen. And there will be parking. Hallelujah. <laughs> amen. When we get caught up in the rapture, and we meet him in the air. What a day. Hallelujah. What a day. No more tests. No more trials. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.